Blog Talk Radio. the Child Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, and I am also the author of the best-selling parenting book, The Child Whisperer. If you want to raise happy, successful, and cooperative children, thank you for joining me today, because that will be uh, experience after you listen to today's podcast, because you'll have more tools, insights, and abilities to create that with your children. And it all starts with your parenting strategies. Your children will respond either with a cooperative response or a stressful one based on how you parent them. And the four types is where you learn how to parent a child true to their nature. The phones are open today. This will be my last live show at the time of airing. It is in the month of December, and I'll be taking a few weeks off right before the Christmas holidays. And I'll be back live on the air the first Monday in January. So today's the day to get your questions answered live by calling 347-677-1963 and press number one on your phone. Recently, I did an interview with Joe Rawlinson, who hosts the podcast, Dad's Guide to Twins. And I loved that interview. I, I learned a lot of, there were several things I had said in the interview. I'd never said the way I said them. I was responding to his questions, specifically with um, a little bit of a twist on twins, because the uh, interesting thing about Twins is it's rarely that they are the same type. I've never met identical twins that are the same type. Paternal twins, once I met um, two sisters that were both type fours, paternal twins, but they actually had different secondaries. And they were in their 40s. Uh, You may, if you've been following me throughout the year, you'll know that I am the grandmother now of two twin little girls. They are both um, different type. We have a type four granddaughter named Ruby Elizabeth and a type 2 granddaughter Adeline May and they're my son well his son's children and uh, his beautiful wife's daughters so it's been fun to bring twins into the family and I appreciate Joe having me on the podcast you can find the link to listen to that podcast in the show notes they're right there so check out that podcast you'll learn a few things one thing I am known for is I don't ever say anything the same twice. I'm I'm really blessed with in-the-moment inspiration and the ability to speak what is important for that space and the people listening, and I'm grateful that God blesses me with that. And one, take, one thing that I noticed in this particular interview is the value of being a child-whispering parent and the value that is to your children, that you could have a child that's believing they're the black sheep of the family They could be pegged as the problem child, the difficult one. And I give the why behind that in that show, what creates that, what I call your family's energy profile, that you have a certain profile as a whole family. And that'd be a fun show to do in the future is my take on that. But you can get some insights to that 
with your um, Joe's my interview with Joe on Dad's Guide to Twins. So take some time and listen to that. It, I don't think it's more than thirty minutes. But a, a future show would be great to talk about how how our family systems can create a problem child or a child to feel like a black sheep. And there's just a way of seeing that differently to prevent that. And I explained that to Joe because he had one child that could have been cast into that experience. But because of understanding the four types, the four natures of children, and being a child whispering parent himself, he'll be able to avoid that. So thanks, Joe, again, for um, sharing my insights. And we had a... um, Joe had offered to give away a copy of his book. He has two books that are, they've been bestsellers on Amazon because they're specific to a dad and their experience, his experience with raising twins, the dad's guide to raising twins. Um, And I know Joe had told me, I'm not seeing it in my, I may fall upon it when I get through my my show notes today, but I'm going to go ahead and move forward with that because I know Joe offered a copy of his book to one of our winners on a podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and take care of that today. So if you would like to be the winner of Joe's best-selling book, just be my first caller today and I'll gift you with that book. And I know you'll find someone, if you're not parenting twins or um, involved with twins, there's somebody in your life that this can be a gift to. It's a great time of year to gift uh, book anyway because of the holidays coming up. So my first the first caller that's calling in for today's show will win a copy of Joe's best-selling parenting book, Dad's Guide to Raising Twins. And my producer will just get with you off air to get your name and shipping address. So glad we can share his expertise. Let's start with a success story. This uh, type 2 mom wrote in and said, I am struggling with my type I was struggling with my type 1 seven-year-old and her messy room before I discovered the child whisperer. Once I realized that she's a type 1, I knew my expectation of a clean room wasn't realistic. At this point, I took a long, hard look at what was really bothering me about her room. I realized my main problem was that was this. Since she shares a room with her baby sister, I'm in and out of the room in the middle of the night to take care of the baby. I was tired of stepping on her toys, so we decided to get my daughter a half-loft bed. We've made an agreement that she can keep the space under her bed as messy as she likes, but she has a but she has a toy out in the room where I'll step on it. She loses that toy. I haven't stepped on a toy since, and we haven't had any drama about it. Thank you. Love the success stories because you took this concept to say, And we call it messy. We say messy. So to many types, that movement, that random movement can appear messy, but you've contained it now to a certain space with the loft bed to create the freedom of her movement of being more random and out in the open. Type ones prefer to see what they own. They want to know their options. They want to get excited about seeing all her toys, but I agree. They're not, it's not practical, nor is it suitable for them to be all over the bedroom floor, so what a great solution. And you could even, here's another idea for parents of young type 1 children. Get a playpen or something that's like a big container that's open 
is visible and they just throw them all in. You created that space with your you know, the lot the half loft bed and you saw you honored your child, made the solution easy for them to be able to create success in. They were successful because it was supportive to their true nature and you got what you wanted, which was, yeah, it should be reasonable that the floor is cleaned up. But I think they sell play pens still or some fashion of that. I'm out of the market for that, but you know, they've invented so many new things when it comes to babies. I go over to my son's house and I'm like, Wow, they've thought of everything. There's so many great products on the market now. And I've always said we need to we need to start a um you know, as a podcaster and, and having blog space, I'm like, Hey, how come no one's calling me up to review your cool kid stuff and baby stuff, you know? We might do it if we feel it's worthy of our space. But, hey, it'd be great to give your stuff away to my listeners. Let's collaborate on that. In fact, note to my producer, that'd be fun because I love giving away other – I love doing giveaways, and it's fun when I can feature somebody else's amazing product or system or – content piece that supports family and if it aligns with what I teach of course we'd love to share so you just gotta write parenting at liveyourtruth.com so anyway I'm I, it's funny because I talk to my producer as these ideas come to me so Stephanie make a note I see Lindsay as somebody that could be supportive in that venture we'll talk about it later let's get to today's topic help I've done everything my child but my child still struggles with the same problem and so a result of that, help, I've done everything, but my child still struggles with the same problem. Who do you think is experiencing the greater level of stress here, the child or the parent? The parent, frustration, anger, oh, just, the, you know, these, these emotions that come up, feeling so stuck. And so you then tend to play from a place of frustration, less patience, easier to snap at your child, a lot of things then enroll this into becoming a pattern. It becomes a pattern that you're now recreating because there's more energy on the problem with less energy on the solution. And where we uh, focus our energy, it feeds the story. It feeds the experience. It empowers it. So let's look at, with that in mind, let's look at the questions that have come in around this. Here's a real simple one. How do I help a type 1 child work through disappointment? I'm a type 2 mom, and my previously carefree 5-year-old has recently started expressing huge emotions when she's disappointed. For example, amazing birthday party. She says she didn't get a big enough piece of cake. Three hours at a friend's house. She says that they didn't, they didn't get to play outside. Reading three books with mom. She's upset that we didn't get to read seven. Okay, see a pattern here? See, there's a pattern. So your child now is responding with a pattern. It's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. And she's going to give you, so the issue isn't the situation. It's the pattern that the belief that's operating here, it's never enough. Okay, let me get back to that. Let me finish what she writes, mom writes. I acknowledge her disappointment immediately. And at some point, we talk about what she can be grateful for and how she can create her next experience. But much is but not much has changed. Not sure how to respond to her daily despair over unmet expectations. Help. Okay. Usually when there's an ongoing pattern like this, that your child's a mirror. So I'm going to address this. I'm going to have you look at, look at yourself. 
look at yourself in this first. Let's let's have the self, the parent evaluation process. All right. So if your child's a mirror for your own belief system, the belief that she's showing you is it's never enough. I can't get what I want. I always have to settle for less. So mom, mom and dad, where are you running that belief? Are you doing it with your finances? Are you doing it in regard to relationships, that things aren't what you'd like them to be? Are you telling yourself the same thing to your daughter with your story, your adult stuff, your adult experience? Where am I noticing that I'm playing out this it's never enough scenario? Where am I perceiving my world is not enough and I wish it were different? Are you then stopping yourself with the same steps you're asking your daughter to do and that you're noticing what you're grateful for? Are you asking yourself, how can I create this experience differently? What beliefs am I playing out that are even subconscious in my, are they, are they inherited from my family? Do I come from a family that's always settled for mediocrity and I've always felt like I've had to and my daughter's showing me this belief I'm operating by, that it's never enough and I have to just settle for it and you were taught not to expect anymore, don't expect anymore. And so is your daughter really saying to you, mom, we could have so much more. We should open to believing in more. We should want more. We should get excited about more. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. We got disconnected. Um, I need my producer to text me to say where I cut off. I was on a roll, and I was so excited about what I was saying. I was, like, learning, teaching myself in that moment. So, Stephanie, go ahead and shoot me a text so I know where where about. And she may not have been listening. But anyway, back to our caller's question about and I was explaining how this could be, I really feel your child's mirroring to you an inner belief that you have that wants to be changed. Now, dealing with the situation at hand to shift the pattern, a couple of things I noticed in your question that stood out for me were the um, you're trying to help your child work through it, to help your type one child, seven-year-old child, work through it. And there's... there's work through here she's a seven-year-old type one that's laborious it's tedious there's no point in it um you're teaching her what she wants to know by your practice of well what it, just acknowledge it and say oh you don't think that um like i'll take each of these situations she says she didn't get a big enough piece of cake oh you didn't think you got a big enough piece of cake well what did you have fun with what did you like redirect her Acknowledge what she said. There doesn't have to be. She just, maybe she wanted, big deal. She may have wanted a bigger piece of cake. Don't make so much of it. Don't put all of this emotion on it. Just say, oh, you didn't get an, you would have liked a bigger piece of cake? Oh, okay. And then she'll go, yeah. And then go, oh, what did you like? What did you have fun with? Talk about the fun. What was fun? You know, maybe she's picking up from you that you always have to respond with, where things weren't enough. The three hours at a friend's house, she says she didn't get to go um, to play outside. Rather than see that as her disappointment, make it just something she's sharing and go, oh, would you have liked to have played outside? Yeah, da 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 
well, what did you do inside that you had fun with? Da, 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 da. Acknowledge it, move on, focus on the fun. You're making more of this than it needs to be. You're emotional, you're a type two, more sensitive, emotionally based mom. Or you're putting all this emotion into her experience that's not hers. And then reading three books with mom, she's upset that we didn't get to read seven. Well, in that case, you'd say, well, you can read. I would, I would read two then with the option to say, okay, you have a choice right now. Do you want to read one more book or do you want to just go to bed? So now satisfy with the one more book. Get her off that I didn't get to read seven. Shift this pattern. Don't throw your emotion into it. Acknowledge her, validate her, move it. Keep it moving. It's tedious. Your process of working it out with her is tedious and you're losing her. So those two things you want to look at. The next question is, again, from a type 2 mom. She says, my type 2 one-year-old doesn't – hey, we're talking about a one-year-old. I want everyone to pay attention. A one-year-old, 12 months old, only been on the planet for 12 months. It's a very young child. Developmentally, they might be walking, may not be, nonverbal, um, pretty much completely dependent on – you know, completely dependent on an adult for their existence. No real ability to communicate cognitively not very developed so we've got um, a one-year-old who doesn't respond to my efforts to honor her true nature most of the day she's crying or upset we've tried many things to help her here are a few of them we've put on soft blankets on the floor for her to lay on made sure her clothes fit comfortably given her appropriate space from her high energy sister played softer classical music in the home held her often throughout the day for long periods of time and on and on. She also seems to love it when we're out in public. She's not afraid to make a connection with strangers. But the moment we get home, she doesn't seem to be easygoing anymore. She wants our full attention 24-7. How do we help assist her in allowing her natural spirit energy to flow as a smoother level? Did I type her wrong? She seems to have a very strong secondary type 1. But her movement is slow, and she prefers soft and cuddly objects. What do we do? I don't know the... Mom's a type two, okay? Yeah, I think you could have typed her wrong, and you're just, it's overwhelmed. I get this feeling of overwhelm when I read all you're doing. Like, this child is just overwhelmed and, like, stop trying to make me comfortable. Just just leave me alone for a little bit. Just let me move. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. There's too much attention to her comfort. And, yes, yeah, you could have typed her wrong. Now, you said her movement is slow. She doesn't have much movement. She doesn't hardly, I mean, yeah, she's crawling, but she has, you know, she doesn't. This is where you can't base it, you know, limited movement. There's not a lot to assess there. And the fact that she's showing you that she loves social interaction. And again, understand the face profiling and the body language. If you've not yet viewed, I have 26 videos. Go to thechildwhisper.com, click on book resources, click on profiling resources. 26 videos that are accessible to you. You probably have to give me your email or something. You might have to opt in. Uh, I think that's a fair exchange because we've got 20, you know, more than, it's got to be a couple hours worth of content for you to study. And the point of that was to show you the variations that become very obvious as you notice the children that are being observed and I'm talking to and their parents are talking about them and the children are even expressing themselves in the videos. 
So, yes, you could have flipped it. Your child very likely could be a type 1 with a secondary 2, and you're giving emphasis to the things that are not um, a priority. That in itself is feedback for you, and you're doing a little bit of overs with attention to comfort from how you've described it. Maybe you're not. I'm reading it in one sentence, one paragraph, so it seems like a lot. But your child's not responding favorably to that. That's a message back to you. This is not my priority. This is not my preference. It's not working. And because your intent is to see a result, your child's going to be factored into that intention and give you feedback to whether it's correct or not. Because you're, you're setting your child up to respond favorably or unfavorably because your intent is to see the outcome. And so you're getting the message. She's sending you a message. This isn't working. This isn't right for me. And, you know, if you're addressing your Truth Club member and you've experienced DYT, if you're in the wrong movement, it is cumbersome. It feels very awkward on the body. I do recommend parents learn dressing your truth. I don't have a child's system. I do have a women's and men's program, easily translatable to your children and available for you to learn. Put them in the right five elements. It makes a huge difference. And if she's in type two versus type one, big, big difference from those two worlds. So learn what the pieces you need to know about dressing your truth. And uh, you, you, I would think you'd see a change if you put her in a type one, you put her in type one movement. And you start for a week, go from type one and see how it goes. Give it some time. Parent her as a type one. What would you do different? Read through the type one section in the Child Whisper book. Type one is the fun-loving child. They're social. They love to interact with people. What you're saying to me in your question is that's your preference. Oh, let's go to our phone lines, see who our winner is today with our dad's Guide to Raising Twins book. Rachel, are you there? I'm here. Well, congratulations. Are you a parent of twins? Not yet. <laughs> oh, you plan, are you announcing something or there's a, no. <laughs> you don't know? No, there's hope for more children, so we'll see if that okay. happens. But we have our in our family twins run in our family, so there are plenty of people who will oh, wow. benefit from the well, book. Perfect, yeah, perfect fit. I'm glad it's going to someone that uh, we can introduce Joe to your family and, and the research he's done. He's done a lot of research on parenting twins, so that's great. Beautiful, thank you. So go ahead. How can I help you today? Um, well, I have a couple little girls, and my oldest is seven, and she is a two with a secondary one, and my youngest is 18 months, and she's a three with a secondary four. So very opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and I, What are their ages again? Uh, seven, seven and 18? So big age 18 span, months. pretty big age span. Okay. Yep. They're, um, we had our first, and we had um, six miscarriages between the two of them, so... Wow. There was wow. yeah, there was a big age gap. But yeah, um, yeah. My, I, I, that's my not question. why I ask. It helps me understand oh, that's their okay. developmental preferences for the time yeah. of their life. Sure. That's okay. Um so my question is kind of around how when I'm still trying to determine and get comfortable with the type that I am, how do I support them in, in being their types? Um, and eliminate any of the shame that maybe I had felt um, as a child or even as a young adult. 
Well, what do you know? You, do you know your type? Not not yet. I've been um, interested in the the typing. Really, it's been almost four years, and I've kind of gone back and forth, and I've looked at things. What What have you gone I, back and forth on? Which ones? Which type? Um, I've gone back and I. The first time I learned about it, someone said to me, "Oh, you have to be a type two. And then someone said, no, you have to be a type 1. And I don't really – I think that that did a lot to skew my own Yeah, so based on like, just your own, your own sense of things, where are you at right now with it? Um, I feel where pretty would you type comfortable. Yourself? Um, I would type myself as a 4-1. Okay. Then the fact you've been circling this for four years says a lot to me about your type. A type okay. one would have been um, in and out. They would have disconnected at this point four years into okay. it and kind of dro- dropped into my world here and there, but they wouldn't have been like, you know, you might follow me on Facebook or something because you're socially connected there as a type one, but uh-huh. you're not like studying out my system. And then the type one would tell a lot of people and never go very far with themselves if they hadn't bought into the oh. program yet. So type okay. fours will analyze for years. That's your kind of profiling rut. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, your children are going to be kind of, it's going to be problematic for you to work with this system with having, without your self-awareness. Your right. self-awareness grounds your energy in to balance and alignment with who you are so you can now start entering into the um, process what supports you as a parent when you don't have that to reflect on who am I what do Mm -hmm. I need you're now Mm -hmm. just a parent you're playing a role as a parent you're not identifying yourself first your self needs your self um, you know management of self care for self you can't do that to the degree and to the level as possible when you don't know your type. See, you can, okay. it, it's not as defined for you. And so I think that's going to be the foundation that is you now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not, I, my sense tells me you're a type four, that you're correct, that you are correct, okay. and you're afraid of making a wrong decision. And that yes. says type four. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's yes, type four. I'm very scared I'm going to make the wrong decision. Um, I'm scared that I'll be rejected from that decision. I'm scared that it will change the dynamic of relationships in my family well, because it will I'll change it for the better. Who I am. Yeah, and it'll change it okay. for the better ultimately that those that you care the most about, that you have the most potential for that for. Because you're making decisions based on catering to everybody else. And you must be doing that in your parenting role as well, catering to your children. And you have to bring in your – parenting is a balance of kind of self-preservation and self-care and caring for children. Mm-hmm. And you have to strike a mm-hmm. balance with that. And that's the nature of a type four to bring balance to life. You're, you're yeah. going to be aware of what's out of balance. So, see, you're the, what's out of balance in your reality is you're not being grounded in your self-knowledge. And once you just go with it, things will all shift into more balance. Okay. And, and you show them a healthy version of you, which they model. That has more power to 
override any potential passing on the wounds, passing on the issues by your feeling, you know, now showing up going, this is me and I choose to live me in confidence. And now that's what affects your children. That's what you pass on. That sounds much healthier and more beautiful than what is happening now. So. Yeah, and I think you're ready, and I go ahead, you know, get get the get the dressing your truth piece of it. Really give yourself the advantage of identifying both inwardly and outwardly with your true nature, who you are, and okay. and come alive in that, and be supported by other women who are doing it. You know, we have a space on Facebook that once you've invested in the the content in dressing your truth, I'm pretty sure it's still on sale right now. The okay. Carol sale's going on and it's ninety nine dollars. It could be the gift to yourself this year. Then you then you can associate and learn how do other women live their truth. What do they you know, you get in on that conversation of, oh, identify with that challenge because you're not going to identify with the challenges a type one woman faces but you will identify with the challenges a type four woman faces and you'll feel support and you realize okay i don't need all my family to get me so clearly as a type four you'll have a preference for there'll be a handful of people that you care deeply about that really understand you and the rest the rest are the peripheral. <laughs> it's okay. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of big, sense. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I, I appreciate um, this is, I love that we can address that in this space because, again, that that the value of you understanding yourself first as a self, just not even as a woman, as a self, and then the mm-hmm. woman, you know, it kind of gr- it graduates to. I'm a self, I'm a woman, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, you know, but if you're putting your right. defining yourself by your role, you will never feel satisfied with that, especially as a type 4. Right. Okay. That's oh. wonderful information. I appreciate it and I'm I'm really thankful that you can you can address this in a way too that it it will help my parenting and it will help our family as as a whole, you know, it's not just about me and the girls, it's about yeah. their dad and, and the whole dynamic, yeah. you know, that, that it takes to be in a family and in a house and I'll live yeah. under the same roof and make it all work. So. <laughs> See, that's yeah, just a very type four explanation of oh. like big picture. See, you're describing the big picture. Because it does. It takes a lot yeah. of intricacy. So thanks yeah. for Well, thank in. you very and much. We'll, um, Have a wonderful day. Send, send that book off to you. Okay. Thanks. Got Kristen on the line. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Carol. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So what can I help you with? Okay. My question is um, about my type 3 son. Um, I'm a type 3 energy as well, um, and we actually match each other perfectly. I'm a 3-4. He's a 3-4. So, um my question is, how do I encourage him to give the respect that he, I want to say, like, demands, um, to give that same respect to others? He seems to struggle with the treat others the way you like, want to be treated. It, how does it play out? Um, well, he definitely struggles with being angry um, about anything pretty quickly. You know, we, we escalate really, really quick around here. So okay. if he's not being respected, we homeschool, and so 
some of it plays out there. But most of the time, he's pretty good. He gets up, he gets his stuff done, he knows what he's supposed to do, and, and he's out digging a hole, you know. But um, he just just isn't very respectful when maybe he feels like he's told to do something he doesn't feel like he's supposed to do or isn't fair, Okay. and that's in quotes. So a um, couple of things. How much um, away from the home family activity does he have in a week? Because if he's homeschooled, um, he's in the home setting a lot, I assume. Right. He's home a lot. Um, he does love to get out and play with friends when friends get home from school, so he'll do that. But I've tried to encourage any him to do extracurricular like, activities. I'll do anything extracurricular that he wants, but he doesn't want to do any of it. Anything he wants. I'm like, what do you want to do? Any sport, anything. He loves the piano, but he doesn't want to take piano because then his piano teacher tells him how to play the piano and he wants to play it how he wants to play it. So I'm wondering if you've profiled him correctly, if you've reversed it. And I think could it's he be a four correct. or three? But what are you basing that I don't on? Know. What are you basing um, it on? Well, an energy level for sure. He's he doesn't have a lot of focus. He's um, running around a lot. I mean, he's everywhere. He's very physical, very, very physical. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where. Yeah, but I don't know. see, the he's preferences like he's showing you. The preferences he's showing. You'll see, I could say my type four secondary three son is a lot like me. He's very uh-huh. active. He's like, what, he races mountain bikes. He's very physical, but the kid is first all about being a type four. And some of the preferences you're mentioning are very predominantly type four. Respect, fairness, I don't want to be told what to do. See, that's saying to me, I, you know, type four is going to, you know, he's trumping the type three in a big way because he can have all of that movement as a nine-year-old being a type four dominant. But how he speaks uh-huh. to you is very adult-like, sort of kind of comes across as we label these kids in a negative way, the know-it-all, don't tell me what to do, I'm my own authority. Right. Um, well, his dad's a, a type four and they have a lot of preferences. Yeah, well, I don't know, too. but just in his, in his <laughs> because state. If he is a type, if he is a type right. four and he feels like he's being micromanaged and contained in his very predominantly at-home experience, he has no outlets that are, are, that are, that are um, can, regular. See, there's no regular outlet. There's just, you said, playtime. So what the two words right. that come to me are he's feeling contained there's no way for him to leverage getting away from his family predictably. He uh-huh. feels contained, and he feels like he's not being respected as his own authority. And so you've got to solve the he's feeling contained piece. And he's nine years old, so you don't, I don't know, sometimes you can give a nine-year-old way too much decision-making power to say, what do you want to do? That's so open-ended. Uh-huh. You know, it's like we feel it'd be, you know, as your parents, we feel it's best that you have some other activities. Is You spend a right. lot of time at home, and we want you to be able to get out and go do things. Mm-hmm. And so offer him two or three choices, you know, and let him help determine what those choices would look like. What if you were to say, you need to come up with an extracurricular activity. Do you want us to help you? All right, you need to come up with one. 
You know, yeah, like I when I say son, you need to do that, he just gets mad. <laughs> Why do I have to do that? Why do you want get me mad? How come you don't like me? <laughs> well, yeah. and he's showing you whatever he's picked up from mom and dad about his belief about being inadequate is more about your belief systems than his. Anytime mm-hmm. a, a nine-year-old is repeating uh, any any phrases that reference insecurity, he's a mirror right now. He hasn't lived enough years to have that belief himself. That's inherited. Mm-hmm. That comes from you and dad. That's the, the, that's the belief that's getting transferred. And so you get to go, okay, apparently we still don't love ourselves enough. And our son is picking mm-hmm. up on that. And so you've gone in a pattern with him of just button heads. Yeah. And you're, you're in, a, in a way you're allowing it without right. coming to real resolutions and rolling him in those resolutions by saying, getting really honest and saying, we're arguing a lot. There's a lot of contention. I want to resolve that. What do you suggest how that can be resolved? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, what, what do you recommend we do to resolve this, to create more harmony? Ask him. Yeah. Fair and idea. listen. Mm-hmm. Parents don't listen really well to nine-year-olds, typically. Parents like to tell nine-year-olds what to do. And, you know, my son, he was in his early 20s, and he had a lot of unexpressed energy that would turn into anger and frustration on his part. And I said, you know, your nature, and does your son even know about the type? Because, see, I have a conversation with my, you know, son who's like 22 or 3 at the time, and he knows he's a type 4 at the secondary 3. I said, you're not taking care of your 3 energy. It needs a physical outlet. And it's pent-up energy that's not being expressed in a healthy, functional way. I think I really recommend you look at racing mountain bikes or doing something competitive to expel that energy. And I didn't tell him to go do it. I explained to him why it would be beneficial based on the four types and his energy and his natural tendencies. And he understood that and went, finally got around to do it. It took him a while. He didn't do it right away. It took him a few months. And it is seasonal in Utah, but every summer now the kid's out racing. He's 28. He's now on the racing circuit every week, you know, and he Uh sees the benefits. So does your son even understand what he needs? He's old enough to be taught about his nature and to start understanding what he needs. Yeah, I mean, he, well, let to him, him he's a type three. Side. So yeah, but yeah. Did he ever get says, to read it? No, he doesn't like to read. I I try, but we just read out loud to him. So well, yeah, more but than the thing reads. is, he's yeah, but his pattern is to just be opposed to you. That's just the pattern. Yeah, I don't think it's actually to he's me. Show you that more to his dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoever me, he and you I, know, you know, me. yeah, we get along pretty good for the most part. He just isn't very respectful sometimes so well he's probably not being respected right i think and that is the case in some situations type force yeah. don't show respect if unless they're respected first this way it goes mm-hmm. right the old parenting yeah. model of you should respect me because you're the child they don't they didn't <laughs> come with that operating system right he doesn't have that operating system. Sorry, that that was that one was removed from anybody probably fifteen and younger. So, 
you've got a lot of feedback for me of why it's not going to work. So I'd invite you to listen to this and how many times you came back with sort of a, it's not, nothing's going to change response. That in itself will keep you stuck in this because you believe that it's just the way it is. He might be a four. It's like, you know, do you dress your truth? Do you dress your truth? I do. Then it's as simple as putting that young man in a type four outfit and a type three, and you're going to see which one he shines in. Yeah. Now I'm going to go inside the house and try to find something. <laughs> but I don't. Wouldn't do it to him. I would invite him. I'd have that first conversation and help support him in under learning about himself rather than again applying something to him. Right. Because otherwise you're just, he's he's going to lose interest. He won't care. He'll like, stop doing this to me. Stop Mm -hmm. telling me what to do. Stop profiling me. (laughs) Yeah, well, he never got invited in on the conversation. Right. So I I know you'll work it out. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I trust you'll be able to solve this. Your child will be a happy camper. Well, that sounds like a type one, happy camper. Anyway, good. You know, type three moms, we have a tendency, I include myself in this. We're pretty abrupt to just make things happen, and that can happen in the profiling world with our children, that we just start profiling them, telling them their types, and we don't include them in their experience, in the experience to really make it their choice and their, the, their desire, that we apply it to them rather than invite them in to make them lead the process. And maybe that'd be a great show in the future, how to involve your children in self-profiling. What does that look like? And I'd love to meet, talk to some moms that have successfully, if you've had a successful story with that and how you enrolled your child in profiling themselves, I'd love to hear from you to please share that and write in at parenting at liveyourtruth.com. So we do have the Carol sale running right now. We have big discounts at the Dressing Your Truth online store. Just go to dressingyourtruth.com and click on shop. Great items to be found there and to share with your loved ones if you want to direct their purchasing in your behalf. And if you're not Dressing Your Truth yet, the course is on sale. It's an amazing course that will take your self-awareness to a whole new level and help you look amazing and beautiful effortlessly every day of your life, no matter the level of dress. You can look amazing in your most casual and you know, even your fitness attire or whatever you wear. And last week's blog post on the Child Whisper blog is five tips for holiday joy you didn't experience as a child, how to change patterns that may have been passed on down from your family system to create more joy, love, harmony, and I share my own personal story of how I successfully did that over the years. So please check out and click to thechildwhisper.com. So I will be off. On, you can stay connected through listening to upcoming to archived podcasts. You can subscribe to the Child Whisper podcast at iTunes. Just, and then the podcast is sent to you every week. Just search for Carol Tuttle. And you can stay connected all through the holidays by joining us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisperer. Thanks for tuning in today. I just in every way hope and bless you and ask for you to be blessed with a fabulous end of the year experience with your family. Create a wonderful week, a wonderful end of the year of 2015 and enjoy the beautiful 
feelings in your family system this holiday season. Thanks for being a part of the Child Whispering World. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.